In a world with too much pop culture to consume, one woman and one man will argue about it until they get bored. It's an epic battle between obsession and indifference, and the winner will determine, well, very little actually, Emily Jones and Eric Johnson star in Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob. Whoever wins, we're still losers. Welcome to Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob, the podcast where we argue about something one of us is totally obsessed with. And the other has never even seen. I'm Emily Jones. And I'm Eric Johnson. Inspired by James Gandolfini's turn in In the Loop, today we're going to watch him in the very different role that put him on the map. Tony Soprano. I've heard of this guy. Yeah, some people have heard of him. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a sort of familiar name. It's kind of one of, the, one of those names, you know. Premiering in 1999 on HBO, The Sopranos is the series about the modern-day mafia often credited with ushering in the current golden age of television and our collective love affair with the TV anti-hero. Yet somehow, despite all this, I've never actually seen it. Which is just very silly and confusing. I know. And I'm, I'm not sorry. actually sure why we're friends. Sorry. I just this is one of those shows that has been on my list for a very long time and I think part of it is there's just it's one of these shows where there's so much of it that I'm just kind of it's daunting in a way. Oh, it's, you it's mean both, like you mean like uh for instance Doctor Who? For instance, yeah. <laughs> Although you 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 like weren't even really sure you didn't even know he was an alien. So there's a lot of stuff you didn't even know about you know that going in. I'm going to bet there's a lot of stuff you don't know about Tony Soprano. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure. But I do know that this show is very much beloved by a lot of people, so no pressure. <laughs> I knew that about Doctor Who going in. <laughs> all right, all right. So, Emily, what episodes are we watching? We are going to start in the first season, as you really must for something this involved. Um, so we're going to watch the first two episodes of the first season, and then we're actually going to jump ahead to episode five, uh, which is called College. College, okay. Uh, we're going to watch these three episodes, and we'll be back after the break to talk about what we thought. See you later. Eric and I are off watching three episodes of The Sopranos, season one, episodes one, two, and five. And you should take this opportunity to do that as well, because we are going to spoil everything. Or, you know, you could just take this opportunity to rewatch them since they're just that great. If you head over to our website, you can find links to a bunch of different places where you can watch these episodes. That website, of course, is geekversusnoob.com. G-E-E-K-V-S-N-0-0-B.com. And we'd also like to take a second to thank our latest backers on Patreon, and McNamee and Hunter Bell. Thank you so much for your support. We appreciate it infinitely. Now, this podcast will always be free, but we do appreciate your support to help us keep it going. And you can get little extra perks every week if you do support us. And starting at $5 a month, those perks include mini episodes that come out each week. So if you'd like to back us on Patreon, you can find a link on the right-hand sidebar of our page, geekversusnoob.com. In the meantime, enjoy The Sopranos. Shotgun shine, shake my life. Bone or a bad sound with a blue moon in your eyes. Yeah. And we're back. We have just watched episodes one, two, and five of the first season of Sopranos, my first ever exposure to Tony Soprano and company. And the wonderful uh, Emily, theme song. 
and the way that is a wonderful theme song. I, I, the no argument there. Uh, so Emily, before we get into it, why don't you lead us off? Tell us a little bit about something you love about The Sopranos. Your inflection scares me a little bit because you said no argument there, as in like you have lots of other arguments. But anyway, we'll get. Why don't you go first? We'll get. <laughs> oh dear, we'll get to that. <laughs> oh, now I'm very scared. Uh, okay. So as with all of these things, obviously, I love many, many, many things about it. Um, But one of the many things about The Sopranos that I love is there is a lot of great film about this sort of more general topic. There are the Godfather movies and... Goodfellas and Casino and uh, there's so much there's so much both of the Godfather movies all two of them yeah <laughs> there's so there's so much uh pop culture and and especially film uh about the organized crime and the, the mafia world um and and, and the God and the Sopranos references oh, the Sopranos like, constantly is ex- the Sopranos <laughs> is extremely extremely aware of it and actually that's yeah. a, that's a major theme you might have noticed uh is I picked up on that is uh not just that they all you know reference that stuff and everything but also that they like they sort of envision themselves in their heads as being like that being their life and like it's not anymore at all Louis Brazzi sleeps with the fishes Luca Brazzi Luca whatever there's differences, Christopher, okay? From the Luca Brasi situation in this. And like that whole thing is a major theme in the show. But I think something that The Sopranos has and does really well um, that a lot of those other things don't do as well, partially because they're movies and they don't have as much time, is that there's so much else going on. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Tony Soprano's problems... Yes, some of his problems have to do with his uncle planning a hit in his friend's restaurant. And that's a super, super mafia problem. But his problems are also about, you know, struggling to get his failing mother to agree to go into a nursing home and Mm -hmm. retirement community. And, you know, his older his his daughter rebelling and and having, uh, you know, clashing with his wife and and all of those kinds of things that are like they're normal problems they're they're everyone's problems mm-hmm. you know um that's what makes Tony Soprano relatable in exactly, a way is like exactly it yeah. what makes him it's what makes him relatable and it it's what makes him a really a really part of what makes him a really well-rounded character and everyone on the mm-hmm. show a really well-rounded character as opposed to just being like you know mafia boss and we're going to explore the dynamics of his being a mafia boss like and, you know, the effects that has on his family. It's much more about the way that he interacts with the world and the way that all of the world interacts with each other, you know, with this as some of the context, but not all of the context. And I mm-hmm. like that very much. I think that's awesome. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And and earlier when I was saying no argument there, I was just fucking with you. I really love this. Yes. This was a really good. Yes! <laughs> uh, I, I, I have very mine. few. <laughs> Whatever. I still got you to watch 100 episodes and counting of Doctor Who, so I'm still ahead in oh, the overall tally. We're significantly beyond 100 at this point. I know. <laughs> and I'm ahead um, of you on Doctor Who. Yes, for, for once. At, at the time of this recording, for the span of just a couple hours here, you're ahead of me. You know what? I don't know what you're doing with your Sunday mornings if it's... Oh, wait. There's a time difference. Damn it. Yeah. I've had a lot more morning than you have. Yeah, you have. Fine. <laughs> anyway. So what did so, you think of The Sopranos? I, I really like this show. Yeah, I, I can... I, it's not like I was expecting any anything less, but... Um, 
so the thing, something that jumped out at me that is, I, I think, would be different from your experience watching this is, and, and this is something that I think we will get into more if and when we do a Weird Al Yankovic episode, actually. And yes, I am connecting to Sopranos and Weird Al Yankovic here for a second. Is that there are Weird Al parody songs that I heard before I heard the original song, and I feel like I've seen like the stuff that's been influenced by the Sopranos before I've seen the Sopranos. And um, it's really sort of, um, like with, sort of like with the Born Identity. Yeah, exactly. Where I saw Casino Royale before I saw Born Identity, and there's definitely a lot of overlap there. Um, by the way, influence. just recently rewatched Casino Royale, and yeah, there's a lot of a lot of stuff there. Anyway, I recently so, acquired Casino Royale on DVD, which will be shocking to you because I never yeah. buy DVDs. <laughs> certainly not impulsively. <laughs> certainly not. So something that I, I mean, I, I already knew that there were, that it was heavily quote unquote influenced slash ripping off the Sopranos. Like this was not something that was a surprise, but, uh, Grand Theft Auto five, which came out last year. I know you, this is a video I'm, game. I'm Emily. doing it's like that, that weird emoji, emoji shrug. shrug thing. Like, yeah, ah, <laughs> I got yeah she's it. doing that. More or less. Um, yeah, Grand Theft Auto V came out uh, last year, and it was, uh, and it starts off the first scene is basically one of the main characters is an aging uh, ex mobster who living in a nice house with a family struggles, and the first scene is him in a psychiatrist's office. And oh, wow. you know, the, the, yeah, it, <laughs> it, it, it's very, the Sopranos, very. Because I think The Sopranos is definitely the first and only thing I'm aware of to put a mafia boss in a psychiatrist's office, which I think is what, so what you already knew that was going to happen. It sounds like, well, I, I already, I didn't know specifically that, but I knew that GTA, that the, that version was like heavily influenced that, that there's a character in who was basically Tony Soprano. Like I already had that kind of through cultural osmosis. I knew that that was like a thing that basically this was like a, a pale version of Tony okay. Soprano, but Along the lines of what you're saying, I was very pleasantly surprised at how, even in these three episodes, how much they flesh out the people around Tony Soprano, specifically his family. Because uh, probably the biggest problem with GTA, and no, don't worry, I'm not going to make you play it. But uh, Good, just to, this, <laughs> that, that might be like a podcast over moment. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I, I, I don't, I don't want to ruin a good thing here. Um, is uh, one of the problems with GTA, though, is that, like, everyone's very caricatured and stuff. And so, like, in that game, the wife has, like, no depth. She's basically, sorry to so use the she word. She, she, she doesn't have a priest on the side, is what you're saying. Well, no, she does. She has a yoga teacher on the side, and that's basically all of her character, is that, is that she's supposed to be the whore, pretty much. <sighs> and I know, it's it's very, Rockstar's I, got some, got I some issues. I feel gross about that. Yeah, and so and so that was something that basically because I knew. So th- th- think about it from my perspective because I knew that there was overlap between that game and then Tony Soprano. I was, I was expecting this show to be much the same, to not have, you know, characters who felt more realistic or or have characters like like Tony's mom who you know. Oh my god, um, she's like one know, of the best characters in the history of characters. She's just. You know, there, there, there's like a, so a life incredible. there. Yeah, and 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 like and like just through through a dialogue and through like even just him looking at pictures, like you you get they're, they're, these are like this is really like the the HBO you know the class. I can I can see why why people like you were ta- you were saying earlier about the golden age of television. It's really great when you have through television able to tell these characters who are really deep in this way. 
and at the same time has something that's really entertaining. Um, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know if you chose it specifically because you knew I'd liked it or it's just a, just a coincidence, but the conversation in the uh, the Starbucks parody, that, oh that, that, that has got to be one I'm of the funniest so, things. I'm so glad that I, I honestly, I did not choose it because... You know, it, it was not intentional. I didn't. I didn't remember that that happened in this episode. That is a but hilarious I am so, scene. So glad that there was a an exquisite Polly Walnuts righteous indignation rant in one of the episodes that we watched because it's is that the name of, of that character, yes, the one who's with the with the like black wings on his otherwise gray hair. Yeah. yeah. Fucking Italian people. How do we miss out on this? What? Fucking espresso cappuccino. We invented this shit, and all these other cocksuckers are getting rich on Yeah, isn't it amazing? And it's not just the money, it's a pride thing. All our food, pizza, calzone, buffalo mozzarella, olive oil. These fucks have nothing. They eat pootsie before we gave them the gift of our cuisine. But this, this is the worst, this expressive shit. Take it easy. Yeah, and and he does that sometimes, and it's just the it's just the best thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then he steal he steals the <laughs> coffee, whatever. Yeah, it is, the, the espresso thing, maker. The espresso yeah, maker just to, uh, to like spite, just to spite them, spite Starbucks for ripping off. Well, it's not Itali- Starbucks. Oh, it, it's I'm sorry, Starbucks yes, or something like that. Starbucks <laughs> for ripping off Italian culture. Yeah, it's a very entertaining show, but the they but inhabited by human characters or, or characters who seem human, which was a very pleasant surprise. I'm glad you enjoyed that. Yeah, it's um it's a shame that you already knew about the psychiatrist thing because I have to say I think that was what um that was the biggest shock probably to me. I mean, it, it's at the very start of the show. I, mean, I know, but scene. when I but I was unaware of it when I first started yeah. watching it, and like, so it is. Yes, you're right. It's the opening scene of the show, but it was like. When that was the opening scene of the show, it was like, oh, my God. Like, I was totally floored yeah. by it because con- my Sopranos context. Now, I watched it on a delay, but while okay. it was still happening. So, obviously, I didn't. On DVD? Obviously, yes, on DVD from Netflix when that was how Netflix worked. Um, I didn't. Obviously, I didn't watch it starting in 1999 when I was nine uh, because that would have been wildly inappropriate. Also, we didn't have HBO. <laughs> When I was watching the show, though, it was still very much a very current cultural mm-hmm. phenomenon that people were still... It was really hard to avoid spoilers. Uh, yeah. It was especially during the last season, um, because by that point I was caught up. But, but again, we didn't have HBO, and like we had to wait for it to come out. And also, I think additional relevant context would probably be that I'm I'm from New Jersey. To those yes. of you listening to this podcast, you don't know. and So I was living in New Jersey watching this, so I... I don't know how much of a of a irresistible cultural phenomenon this was in other parts of the country. Obviously, mm. it was to some extent, but but especially in there's Jersey, there's no one who didn't watch The Sopranos. Yeah, I'm not even from North Jersey, but we everybody <laughs> everybody watched The Sopranos. I mean, like I remember getting several plot points of the final season spoiled for me mm. at the hairdressers. Okay, and this is not a stereotypical like hairdresser conversation show okay (laughs) you know like we're not talking about a rom-com or about friends or something like this is everywhere i'm sitting around at the hairdressers and all of the women in the hairdressers were you know talking about like what had happened last night in the sopranos and i was like no all of you need to stop anyway all of which is to say it's kind of absurd that i didn't know that tony 
going to a therapist was like the part of the central premise of the show. Yeah. So it, that was really, really um, surprising to me when I first started watching it. And also, I think something very groundbreaking that this show did because, like, we've never even, I mean, maybe the closest thing would be like, uh, the way the way Goodfellas is told in in flashback voiceover from the witness. Stand. I actually have not seen Goodfellas. I should say at this point. Yeah, I know. <laughs> on the list. Wow. I'm while, not, while, we're, okay. while we're on the topic, Casino. I've also not seen Casino. I'm not gonna make. I'm not gonna make the Goodfellas reference that I was going to make. <laughs> yeah. uh, except right. to say that, as is the case with a lot of the car- a lot of the actors in this show and a lot of the movies that they're constantly referencing about this world, they're all in mm-hmm. them. Yeah. So uh, you might have recognized Uncle Junior as Johnny Ola from Godfather Part Two. Oh. Watch Godfather Part Two again and. You'll, you'll okay. notice that it's Uncle June. but Yeah, no, and I looked up on IMDb, and it said that Dr. Melfi was in Goodfellas. And yeah, yeah, said okay, that, so I was, I was not going to tell, and... tell you which person was in Goodfellas, but yeah, she was in Goodfellas. Yeah, no, I, she, but, she looked familiar so from something else, to, but yeah, to, anyway. to the point that I was making, um, Goodfellas is told in flashback. Well, I guess you don't know it's flashback the whole time. Anyway, whatever. Uh Lorraine Bracco, who plays uh, Dr. Melfi in this, and um, Ray Liotta, who I assume you know who he is, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. they switch off narrating what's happening mm-hmm. in Goodfellas, and they're like the two main char- two of the main characters of it. Yeah. So I would say that's the closest that we've gotten in prior to The Sopranos to that kind of like like inside look at the, the mob boss's head as opposed to Michael Corleone, who for example, mm-hmm. or any number of others who you you have to more extrapolate and con- get context clues and every once in a while they have right. a revealing conversation. But, like, I think it's, especially on the level of a show, you know, that ran for six or seven seasons as opposed to a a movie. Self-contained a movie, movie, yeah. Yeah, like, it's, it's incredibly groundbreaking to have that, like, inside look into his head. I'm sorry, I'm supposed to be letting you talk about the things that you like no 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 no, i just managed managed to shoehorn another thing that i really love (laughs) i was actually gonna say something kind of along those those lines is also i don't know like how i I, yeah i not having watched this when it aired like i'm not sure how kind of like talked about this was maybe maybe you know more about sort of but like the whole fact of treating this as um, uh, visiting the psychiatrist as a good thing, right? As as being sort of a healthy thing to be doing. I mean, there's a kind of a lot, a big stigma, right, around sort of mental illness, about around depression, around other stuff. Um, and so, even though this is like a character who's from like a different world from the from this crazy, you know, cinema influenced mob world. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I just I found it really interesting the idea that they were using the therapist as this this narrative framing device all throughout. Um, and I I'm, I was trying to think of like um, other movies in which that's like or other TV shows in which that's like a a thing. And I mean I, I I can imagine plenty of times like plenty of pop culture things where maybe they visit one briefly like Annie Hall where 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 both Annie and uh, and um he's not Woody Allen but what's, what's his Woody character's Allen. name who in cares? that who can keep Annie who can actually we're Diane Keaton and Woody can, Allen who can actually keep track of the name of Woody Allen's character in any given Woody yeah, Allen exactly. movie yeah exactly yeah not worth uh, it. where where yeah where we're like they they briefly but it's like it's like a it's a different sort of 
I don't know. It's a di- different different approach to, I guess, like psychiatry as like, or, and and like you know, getting medication for, for 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 sort of you know mental mental stuff. I don't know. It's just it's just interesting as, as a device. Yeah, and I will say, um, I think that the pilot might be the only episode that actually uh, st- structures the narrative and tells the story in that way. Okay. Um, the rest of them are much more like his interactions with her in the second episode where she, she's a character and it's part of what's going on in his life and, and, and that kind of thing. Um, I don't, I could be remembering this wrong. I don't think there are any other episodes that are entirely told from her couch. That are him narrating the story to her. Yeah, I think that might just be a pilot thing, but, um, okay. Well, in any case, it is is an incredibly integral part of the show. Um, and yeah, yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. I think, uh, you know, there are exceptions to almost anything we could say, but, I think it it at the very least was a very unusual and rare thing, if not necessarily the absolute first. Yeah. Um, for the whole show to be that that rooted in, in you know his, yeah, getting psychiatric help. Yeah. So on that topic, um, this is something that uh, I mean, I, I as a fan of In the Loop, I already like very much. You know, uh, it's it's funny how like that's like this is his iconic role, but I saw that first. It's the same yeah. same thing. I just I see everything out of order here. <laughs> but um, I mean, it's, it's there's some overlap there, and sort of he does the same thing in that movie. But James Gandolfini is really good at like playing someone who's just barely like got a lid on his sanity, where he's like, or he oh, or he's and trying temp- to and on his temper and on, on his any temper number of things. And where he thinks that he's he's conveying calm, like where we're like he's in he's driving in the car with his daughter uh, Meadow Med Me- where, Meadow yeah Meadow. I think I saw an old friend. That's all. You know that guy at the gas station? Maybe not. Probably not. Then what? Dad, slow down. Dad, Jesus, what's with you? It's all right. Fucking maniac. Around. <laughs> he's as an actor he's very good at faking sanity uh if that makes sense like he's it's, yeah it's, um, well, and he's, i don't know and he's very good at he's very good at having uh at being on the point of boiling almost all the time yes. um like he, yeah he's 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 just, I think just barely got it a lid on it. it the, the phrase that you used is really perfect, whether it's his sanity or his rage or any number of, of somewhat explosive traits about him. He does. He right. really, he's got it under control, but j- like just, just barely, just, like just yeah. enough to like function in society. And it, you know, it could explode at any time. He could explode yeah. at any time. Yeah. It's yeah. I, I think a the very, third episode. very impressive, uh, talent yeah. that james gandolfini had the third episode was really a showcase for him as an actor i think of him trying to of him very expertly going back and forth between these two worlds and like all of his like even after he and meadow talk about like after he basically says like yes uh, you know some of my money comes from organized crime that he's got these this compulsive liar sort of thing where like whenever she asks him what he's doing like he he has to for his for the sake of his own lid he he has to say oh i left my watch at the hotel or oh the hotel didn't have it so i had to go to the restaurant he has to keep on piling on lie after yeah. lie well, even with you know and i think i think it's an interesting um i think that dynamic in that episode uh mm-hmm. is interesting on her side too because you yeah. know 
on the one hand, she's smart and she has figured it out. You know, obviously she hears rumors at school and everything, but she's also right. figured it out, you know. Uh, she she knows she's what's, observant. She knows what's going she looks on. His shoes she was and, trying to yeah. she was trying to sneak back into the house, and you know her mother came out at her with an automatic weapon. Like who yeah. has those around the house? You know she she gets it. <laughs> Did the Cusimano kids ever find fifty thousand dollars in Krugerrands and a forty five automatic while they were hunting for Easter eggs? But yeah. and she and she you know feels strongly enough about it to want to confront her father, and yeah. she does. But she also. She also really wants to be, you know, to to have to go back to the sa- that safe place where he's just her dad and she's just mm-hmm. she's just the daughter and she can she can be the little kid as much as she you know is in that place where she wants to be a grown up, um, right. you know. So so once her dad says like, oh yes, you know, some of my income does come from like illegal gambling, you know, she immediately starts rationalizing that her friend's parents are kind of evil too. Sometimes I wish you were like other dads. And like Mr. Scangarella, for example, an advertising executive for Big Tobacco. Or lawyers. Ugh, so many dads are full of shit. And I'm not. Finally told the truth about this. And then, like, he doesn't he doesn't give her very good explanations for, like, why his hand is bleeding from, you know, strangling a guy. And, mm-hmm. uh, and you can tell that she doesn't really buy it, but then she's... She just she doesn't want to fully did, accept right, it. Exactly. She did. She decides to buy it, and you know, goes with "I yeah. love you, Dad," rather than "You're a horrifying monster, Dad. Please get away from me." You know, which is also true of of um, uh, Edie um, Edie. What's, what's Edie her Falco. name? The, Carmella. Edie Falco. Carmella. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Carmella. Car- Carmella. I love her so yeah, and much. Yeah, where where you know where she says when she's talking with, with the with the priest with the hungry you know uh, hungry priest saying like yeah it's hungry. been twenty years hungry. you know great use of the word hungry yes uh, <laughs> he just wanted ziti that's all um, so you know and, to, and yeah. to appreciate the uh, beauty that God has placed on the earth oh of course yes <laughs> with his eyes purely a religious with his eyes. Yes. <laughs> Only his eyes. Definitely nothing um, else. Continue what you're saying. Well, it's the same thing. You kind of you kind of see the the overlap. I mean, that episode was very you know cleverly written to bounce back and forth. And you see the mother and the daughter doing the same thing, where it's sort of you know being aware of evil, but trying to find ways to you know not take responsibility for their for their complicity. Right. Is that a word? complicitness whatever i think complicity and yeah and actually because she's giving confession at the time you see carmella vocalize the same essentially the same thought process that that meadow goes through silently i have forsaken what is right for what is easy allowing what i know is evil in my house Allowing my children, oh my God, my sweet children, to be a part of it. Because I wanted things for them. I wanted a better life, good schools. I wanted this house. Wanted money in my hands, money to buy anything I ever wanted. I'm so ashamed. That that trumps the, you know, holy crap, my dad just strangled a guy with a wire while he was supposed to be taking me to colleges. Yay. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's just it's it's. I thought that was probably my favorite episode of the three. That was just such a well, yes. well balanced episode yes. all around. That's that's why we watched it. Um, I didn't yes. realize, I didn't remember how early on in the series that it, it was, but as soon as I realized how early it was, I was like, yes, this is totally <laughs> reasonable as part of an introduction to include this absolutely yeah. incredible capsule episode. Like, yeah. yes. Also, did you notice a cameo in that episode by any chance? Yes, Eve from yes, Angel shows job. up. <laughs> I didn't know that either until I just saw her and then wrote, oh my God, it's Eve. In all caps, yeah. <laughs> in my notes. I, I didn't. I didn't know exactly who it was at first, but I was like, she has a very distinct face, and so I went to IMDb and ah. I was like, "Yep, this is this is such a footnote." But I just, I, I, I love it's, it's like I love near past technology. I, I, lo- I love it when shows like this that are about ten years old. This is fifteen years old by now. Just like where where Meadows on the computer and goes, "You've got mail," and I know, isn't uh, it cute? and she was also going it's into not a even... chat room into a chat room and then they're talking all and on about the dvd player this and the dvd player that and honey these laser discs are incredible they were, and they were skeptical <laughs> about the dvd players yes that's true i did not um, have a dvd player at the time that this episode aired i did yeah. have one by the time i actually watched this episode <laughs> obviously I, s- I still own the dvd player that my, my family bought like in the late 90s for some ridiculous amount of money it's ridiculous <laughs> it still works we have Somewhere in my house, we have a DVD VHS combo because we wanted to get a DVD player, but didn't want to get rid of the VCR because we had so many things on VHS. Right. I mean, why would we ever throw out these VHS tapes? And now now we've replaced the VHS of The Muppet Christmas Carol with a DVD of The Muppet Christmas Carol. The only VHS (laughs) it transpires we actually cared about watching again. (laughs) A very well-worn copy, I'm sure. Anything else? Thoughts? Um, Thoughts only other thing that I have is, I mean, this is kind of, um, I, I don't know, like, it's not surprising at all. Like, it's something that I thought was just part of, kind of an interesting part of the characters. But just the the very pro, the very uh, pro-Italian sort of tight-knitness of who the characters in The Sopranos trust of, um, you know, the, the person who runs the nursing home. She's DiCaprio, and she speaks Italian. And you have the, uh, you know, Melfi, Dr. Melfi. She's from some close part of Italy to, to James Gandolfini. Whereas the woman who comes to take care of uh, Tony Soprano's mother, oh, well, he, like, starts asking her, like, oh, you're not smoking ganja, are you? And right. then she, like, starts calling her names. Like, I looked it up. She calls her a ditsun, which is apparently Italian for black person. And, like, so there's kind of this, you know, uh, this this racial uh tension which oh, yeah. i mean it's not it's not surprising or anything it's just kind of um it's interesting that it's always kind of at the forefront yeah. in this in this world you know it, it very much is it's um in now in the episode that we watched they bonded over Melfi being her family being from italy this wasn't the one where there's a great line else somewhere else in the series where uh tony tells her that and maybe i'm wrong maybe I'm, this was in the episode we watched and i missed it but um he tells her that his his doctor, Doctor Cusimano, who's also his neighbor, mm-hmm. um, yes, you know, gave him like a list of of potential uh, psychiatrists he could call, and he picked her because she was the only one with a vowel at the end of her name, and that's specifically ah. and that's specifically the phrase he uses too. Like, yeah. Now in this one, he just says, "Oh, my mother would have loved it if we had gotten together because right. they were from like the right parts of Italy." Exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, and yeah. generally, just you know, Italian, not not Italian. Right, yeah, exactly. no, you're you're absolutely right about that. And there's so there's there's a lot of that <laughs> that goes yeah. on. Yeah, 
Um, I don't know. I just it, it's just one more like piece of of the characters, which was just you know, yeah, it was there. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. And there's also um, what I what I one of the other things that I love about the, well, and it gets at what I said before, but um, on the one hand, that's very true, and they and they mm-hmm. stick to that very very much. You know, they're very focused on this sort of insular Italian American world that they have, but at the yeah. same time, they're again. So in many ways so different from the same portrayals of that world that we've seen before. Like, you know, not only, not only is Carmela not Mrs. Corleone of the, you know, Sonny and Michael uh, and Fredo's mother. I mean, Vito's wife. Oh yeah. I don't even remember what her name is, but um, I don't either. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, You Mm. know, and not only, not only is Carmela like, you know, a couple generations on not her, but Mm. Livia Livia is not Mrs. Corleone, you know. She's yeah. she's a much she's a much more complex and and real character. And you know, the way the way that things have have changed through the generations, no one really behaves in in most of the ways that, you know, the the established modes, I guess, that we're used to from mm-hmm. from other movies about this. I don't know. I guess a lot of, they try to ho- uphold all those traditions both in terms of like the, the the business in in air quotes structure right and the um all the cultural stuff that that you were just mm-hmm. getting at um but in so 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 many ways they do not yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> starting starting with the extreme lack of respect for their elders from you know mm. from Christopher to the, the the soprano kids who are like you know right like oh dad with his ducks you know (laughs) (laughs) all right then uh if that that is all that we have to discuss about the sopranos what are we watching next time very good question i've been uh turning a couple options over in my head and i think we'll see how this goes i think we're gonna watch the cabin in the woods i'm actually really excited about this now i'm going to say in advance do not read anything about this ahead of time. The less you know going why in, the better. Why would I do that? Why I know. I'm I, just saying. Why would I do that? I, I just don't, 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 don't read okay. anything ahead of time. Knowing, don't even read knowing, the Netflix description. Knowing it's Whedon is enough for me. Yes, I'm willing to wait <laughs> for any further information. Okay, so we'll be watching that next time. And until then, Emily, where else can we find you on the internet? I am on Twitter at EJ Reports, and I'm on Twitter at Hey Hey ESJ. All right, this is Giant Geek versus Mega Noob. We are signing off. Farewell. This has been Giant Geek versus Mega Noob. For more, visit gvnpodcast.com.